You're listening to Selfish the Podcast. This is the place where we make much ado about you. I'm your host, Allie Martin. Thanks for joining me. love Josh's story because someone saw the potential in him long before he saw it in himself. I can certainly relate to this, and you will too, as you hear all the amazing opportunities he's been able to experience now because he took a chance. Thank you so much for talking with me today, Josh. I'm really excited for us to dive into the world of the Kentucky Gent. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So first, tell us about yourself. Uh, well, born and raised in the Kentuckiana area, originally from Southern Indiana, but have lived in Louisville uh, since I turned 18. Uh, definitely grew up in like a smaller town in Indiana, so I've kind of always claimed Louisville as home, which is kind of where the name came from in that aspect. Never really felt at home, uh, out at home, and now I definitely found like my people and my place in the world when I moved to Louisville. So you are the face behind the Kentucky Jet. So talk to us about what led you into the world of blogging. What were you doing and why did you make that decision to go down that path? Well, I was working in retail at Forever 21 where I worked for a little over five years. I started out as seasonal and I moved up to like assistant assistant manager and then I ended up leaving there um, as assistant store manager slash like acting visual manager. So it started out mostly just doing like outfit photos of the day because obviously for 21 was very fashion focused. So I would do like, this is what I'm wearing today, blah, blah, blah. Um, I had a friend like, you should start a blog. And I'm like, that's stupid. Like no one really reads blogs, especially around here. I think it's a little silly. And that's granted this was like, this was mm, like over like six years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, back then, there definitely were not many guys doing it at all. Um, and most people that were doing blogs were definitely, like, mommy bloggers or more female-focused as far as, like, Pinterest, that kind of stuff goes. So I put it off for a little bit, and I just kept doing, like, outfit-of-the-day kind of things on Instagram and started to get a few, like, reach-outs from brands, like, hey, if we sent you this, would you wear it? And I was like, oh, actually, I guess my friend was not stupid for saying that I should start a blog. So it kind of developed <laughs> from there. Uh took some time just to kind of like think of a name and come up with that kind of stuff. And yeah, kind of rolled out from the you know, end of the day on Instagrams to doing like full, full, like mostly personal style when I first started. So it was like outfit of the day. It's still but like full outfit photos on a camera and then like a write up about what I was wearing, that kind of thing. And now it's evolved into more of like a lifestyle site. So I cover things still like personal style, but more so like travel focus, um, food, bev, uh, fitness a little bit here and there as well. Mostly I'm focusing on like more of like the lifestyle approach. So food, travel, cocktails, things that I enjoy doing and love sharing with people. Uh, I'm very basic. Well, I hate saying basic, but it's basic. Casual <laughs> when it comes to style, like definitely a jeans and t-shirt kind of guy. So it's a little easier for me to be like talking about, Oh, I went to this restaurant 
Um, I have this great cocktail. I went to this great city, things like that. Versus going like, hey, go buy the same pair of jeans that I've worn the last four days in a row. So obviously it started as something that you didn't really think was going to take off, but it did. So you, you know, kind of have moved on to that more lifestyle approach. And in turn, you're doing a lot of big name partnerships. So talk to us about like, when did, you know, where does that line get drawn of, um, was this the goal that you were looking for? Or is that just kind of how influencer marketing has moved into having to do those partnerships with brands? So I think it's a little bit of both. Like when I started, I definitely had no idea that it would come to like where it is today. I'm working with large, like large global, like international brands. And I think that's why I'm able to work with those brands. I didn't set out with the goal of being like, Hey, I'm going to like do this and I'm going to make money off of it or I'm going to get a lot of free shit out of it. I think that's like the, there's like a very fine line slash divide. I think in the industry, a lot of people have seen what we are doing and like, Oh, his job looks like a lot of fun. He gets a lot of free things. He gets to go places. He gets to eat this great food. I don't want to do that. So they start, they start these blogs, these Instagram followings just to get that free stuff. And I think brands have definitely caught on to that over the years. I definitely think it's still, it's hard for people to do it full time like me because people will come on the scene, they're like brand new. And if it's like a local place or a local restaurant, they'd much rather have someone with a smaller following come in that's not going to charge them money or ask for something in return just to like get free food and post a photo. Mm-hmm. But I, they like you pay for the quality of content that you get. So like everything that I do, I like take time to like think about make sure that I'm there at a certain time where I make sure I get good light for photos. I plan ahead. I'll like ask to move tables if I need to, to get better light. And if I don't post anything that I think is like a bad quality, because I definitely never want to show a brand or a restaurant or anything in the bad, like bad light. I think there are people out there that just start it to get free things. Don't think about their brand long-term or like the brands that we're working with long-term. So at what point do you realize okay, this is something that I'm going to be able to do full time. And this is, this is a good thing to continue. Like, when did you know you had made it? Uh, so that's actually funny because I had left Forever 21 and I was working um, as a buyer for a local company. So I was their men's clothing and shoe buyer. So I was traveling a lot to like Vegas, New York, um, those kind of things. And that's where the name actually came from because I was going to Vegas or New York. And like, oh, where do you live? I'm like, I live in, or I'm from Kentucky. And they're like, oh, like, where do you live? And I'm like, I, I live in Louisville. Like, it's not really like what you think of as like typical Kentucky. So that's where the name kind of came to be because I wanted to kind of show that just because people are from Kentucky does not mean they wear like bib overalls and like flannels and the things that are typically prescribed to people who live in Kentucky. Um, so worked, did that like a little like part-time behind the scenes when I was working as a buyer for the company. Uh, kind of grew out of that role, did not let the company I was working for anymore. So I decided to leave the company and I worked part-time for a local boutique as like this, like the assistant manager. And I ended up putting a lot more time and energy into the blog at that point in time, which was just roughly four to five years ago at this point. And the manager of the, or the owner of the boutique actually ended up firing me because I was spending way more energy and time on like the blog than I was the store, even when I was at the store. Mm-hmm. So I gave myself, I took it as a good blessing and a curse. So I was like, shit, this sucks. I don't have any money, but I was like, you know what? 
I'm going to give myself six months to like, make this profitable. And if it's not profitable in six months, I'll find another job somewhere. And I hit the ground running at that point and really like busted my ass and like focused on creating quality content, reaching out to brands being like, hey, I'm actually, this is my blog. This is what I do. Would you be interested in working with something together, et cetera, et cetera. And I was able to like turn a profit within five months and I've been profitable and like able to pay the bills and experience a pretty good life um, ever since then. So it's been about four years now. Uh, so yeah. I love that. I mean, because it truly, you know, when you're in the middle of that situation, you're thinking, why does this have to happen to me? You know, this is such bad luck. And in turn, it was super good luck for you. Exactly. So I know everybody does look at bloggers and think, oh gosh, you get all this free stuff and you have all these cool events that you get to go to. But really, I know there are the downsides. So talk to us about what the hardest part of living that blogger life is. I'd say the hardest part is that you're never really off. Like, there's never really, like, a time off. Or you, don't, you never put your phone down. Definitely, as I've been doing it more often, I have taken days off or, like, weeks off at a time. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to post today. I'm not going to do stories. I'm not going to do anything. But there is that definitely that pressure of the industry, not so societal pressure, um, metrics pressure, all that kind of stuff. The more often you post, the more often people see your stuff. So if you don't post for a while, you kind of get knocked down the algorithm. But for me, at the end of the day, like that used to be super important to me, and now I'm like, you know what? This is still my life, and like I want to enjoy my life. And I want to take a few days off to spend with my friends, or like be on the couch with my cat and not do anything. That's okay, and like we all need time off. I think that's the hardest part. And I'll, like, I like I love Louisville dearly. There's definitely never a night that I go out to a bar and don't know at least. Like, like one third of the bar and some of that is people like follow the blog and like, oh my god it's so good to meet you in person like i love when people come and say hi and introduce themselves things like that but also if i've been drinking too much like there's that like oh shit am i gonna slur what i'm saying am i like mm. right now things like that so there's those little like societal moments where you're like shit i'm drunk at a bar like this person follows my blog they're gonna see me in like an inebriated state. So there's things like that, but then also like trips. Uh, I go on a lot of trips for work and for pleasure, but like they're never really like off. Cause like as soon as I go somewhere, when I book a trip, I'm like looking on Instagram and I'm finding restaurants to go to, um, making sure that I know it'll be a good lighting for photos, things of that nature, getting up at 5, 6 a.m. sometimes to make sure I can get a shot of the hotel that I'm staying in without people in it. There's just a lot of like planning that it goes on behind the scenes to like make all these trips look fun and exciting and like picture worthy that you can't just do if you were to like casually stroll into somewhere. So like my reservations for restaurants that I'm traveling are booked like a month in advance. I always request like window seats so I can have good lighting for things like that. Um, and also we order like sometimes like a third of the menu for photos. <laughs> like one thing. And it's very wasteful and I feel horrible doing that. Uh, but like no one wants to order I don't want to take a photo of like one dish of food. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't, it does not look that good. So there's a lot of things that go behind the scenes of that planning aspect of everything from like travel to even going to like a local restaurant here, uh, making sure you go at a certain time before it's too busy, make sure the light's good, things of that nature. So obviously there, there are some things that, you know, a lot of people don't think about, um, but you wouldn't be doing this if you didn't love it. So Talk to us about what your favorite parts of this journey is. My favorite parts for sure have been getting to travel places I get to travel. People I've got to meet. 
um, from people who work in the same industry as me, so other influencers, but also the PR teams. Um, I've met some incredible, amazing humans that run like behind-the-scenes programs for brands like Patron. Uh, I went to Mexico with their entire team for a three-day trip to kind of like go behind the scenes of the distillery, get to stay on site, got to meet the entire distillery team and all those kind of things. So like those kind of moments that the average Joe off the street would never get to do, uh, those are like definitely the most rewarding and exciting for me because something that started out as a hobby has like afforded me so many opportunities to get to meet amazing people and experience things that most people would never get to or never will get to experience. So as you're going through the four or five years that you've been doing this full time, I'm sure you've like been ingrained in kind of the changes of Instagram and, and the other social networks in um, kind of figuring out what makes your numbers grow. What do you feel like are the biggest trends or changes that will come down the road for influencer marketing? Uh, God, that, that's a hard one. I definitely think that eventually things will start going back to more of a blog centric focus versus Instagram. I mean, I love Instagram, like apps not here, platform to like post content on, but as times change and as like content delivery changes and the platform changes itself, like I mean, tomorrow if Instagram were to be shut down or bought out or the platform completely changed, if people only have an Instagram following, they're going to be screwed whenever Instagram eventually does something different or closes or like gets shut down for whatever reason. So I think always having a blog or another presence on the internet that is like stable and never like I own my website. It will never go anywhere for as, as long as I pay the bill on it. Like it's for there forever. Uh, so that's a positive, I think for sure. I definitely see people switching back more to longer form content, even though I do think that social will always be king and people will always still like to digest content like that. I just think the thing that will differentiate bloggers and having a blog or being an influencer and having influence um, will differentiate kind of in that fact that a lot of this stuff takes time and effort and energy to put into it, like creating concepts for shoots or creating ideas for things like that. And you can't eventually, I don't think people will just be able to be sent like, oh, here's this smoothie. We take a photo and post it on your Instagram and they've ever sitting on their couch holding a smoothie and like, oh, here's my favorite pre like post-workout snack, whatever. I definitely see a lot of that in the industry. The industry is super saturated right now, but I definitely see in the future us moving back to more like quality content, things of that nature. I mean, as you know, like followers can be bought, like can be bought, things of that nature. And I think brands are catching on to that finally and more so focusing on like even if the person has a smaller following, like in the grand scheme of things, I don't have a massive following by any means. But I definitely think I take quality content. I like take quality photos. I create good content with ideas behind it, and I do my best to incorporate things organically. So that, like it's positive for me, my the brand and my audience. It doesn't just scream, "Oh, this is an ad." Like obviously, if, if it's like a product placement, you're gonna know that it's an ad. But I do my best to at least like incorporate it organically. I think a lot of people that are just starting the influencer game to like get free things or get a paycheck have not quite developed that like eye or mindset to try to create things organically. So I, I see a shift in the saturation of the industry in the next like two to three years for sure. Yeah. I love that about your content because it does, it's very genuine to you and um, 
like no one has to question like does he really use that or does he really go there i mean it, it just all seems um very authentic to to you and your brand that is great to hear so switching gears a little bit more to you personally what are your favorite ways to be selfish my favorite ways to be selfish definitely going out to dinner and ordering way too much food whether that be for photos or just because i want to try everything on the menu i mean i definitely like on solo trips which i also love to do by myself just to like go to a different city spend some time alone get to like experience things how i want to and when i want to i definitely went and spent like 200 dollars just on dinner for myself because i've ordered like two appetizers and two entrees and cocktails i just love the experience of dining out and eating and trying new things so for me i think that is selfish in the sense that like i like one entree would be more than plenty to feed me but it's something i love like i love trying new food i love like getting ideas to make it home so i think that's definitely the way that i treat myself is going on trips and splurging on very nice dinners Okay, so now that you've brought it up, I have to ask, what's your favorite restaurant in Louisville, and what's your favorite dish? Oh, the first one that comes to mind is Butchertown Grocery and their gnocchi. Mm. Uh, it's it's an appetizer, but like literally, it's one of like I could probably eat that almost every day and never be tired of it. <laughs> is there anything you wish you could be doing more? Uh, I wish that I could travel more. And I definitely, I mean, I definitely do travel quite often, but there are definitely influencers out there that are literally, I feel like, on the, on the move, like, three out of four weeks of the month, which I would love to do. I definitely do realize that, like, Louisville is a smaller market for that. So a lot of these larger influencers live, like, in New York or L.A. or SF, they have the advantage of being in a larger city. So airports are much easier to work with in the sense that, if there is like a destination, like say Aruba or the Bahamas or things like that, they have a much easier time working with that agency who is working for Aruba Tourism to be like, hey, like New York is a $200 flight from Aruba. We should work together on like a program to like promote the fact that this is a super quick, easy weekend getaway. Whereas Louisville, as you know, like our flights are definitely not cheap mm. and the international ones are not affordable. So that is like the one thing I would which I could do more of is definitely travel and travel more internationally. Like I love traveling around the U S but I also love getting out of the country and to experience like different cultures, different foods, how they live their lives. I mean, I spent a month in India and I think that's like probably one of the most pivotal moments in my career and also life. Cause I just realized that we take so much for granted in the U S that these people in India, like living in houses the size of like my bathroom were like literally giving me food that they needed to eat for themselves. Or they like were bringing us gifts to say thank you just for being there, and like using money that they didn't really have to spend or splurge, just to think think a random stranger for coming to like volunteer with them for a week. Whereas in the U.S., I think people take a lot for granted and yeah, don't really think of other people that often. So I love getting to travel outside of the U.S. and see different cultures and. It makes you realize how much or how good we have it here, even whenever things are looking dismal as they are right now. I feel like it makes the world smaller in the sense, but also you realize how much more there is left to explore. Exactly. What is next for Josh? 
a great question. Uh, like my end, like end, end goal. Uh, if we want to open a clothing store, not even a clothing store. It's that way to put like more like a lifestyle store. <laughs> so like an, an extension of like my blog and brand, but into like uh, a retail space. So like, very much like combining my things of my love for things like food and cocktails and things like that. But then also like plants and books and interiors. So kind of like a like my big like overarching goal would be to have like a a men's focused, obviously. So I think men in Louisville don't really have the shopping experience or anything like that at all. So to have like a barber shop meets coffee shop with also like a retail space inside. Because I really think that it's an untapped market. Because if a guy like, I mean, look at like uh, Jerby City Chop Shop. Those guys sit there and wait for hours to get their hair cut. And if there was like a retail space inside of the store or a place to get a beer while you're waiting, it's going to like you could turn over so much profit because guys like even as a gay man who works in the industry, I, I don't go out and shop on purpose. Like if, I if I'm not running an errand, I run into something that I see. I'm like, oh, I'll buy that. Like I don't ever go out with like unless I need something like very particular. Like I need a black shirt to wear tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna go out and it's like oh, I'm gonna like I'm gonna like look around and see if I can find something. If I'm like waiting in a store, I'm very very apt to like just pick up something I don't even need just because I'm like sitting there waiting anyway. So like end goal, something of that nature. I just don't know if Louisville is ready to sustain a men's focused retail space right now. The ones that I have seen open, I definitely don't think have done significantly well or are doing well. Mm-hmm. So I definitely want to make sure that I'm in a place where I can put time and effort and energy into it to make sure it's a great space for both me and like the community. I love that. And I mean, you're the perfect person to to pull that all together. So I love that. I'm going to keep my eye out for... All the big things you're going to be doing. You are one of my favorite people, so I'm so glad we got the chance to talk. And thank you for for coming on and sharing all things Kentucky Gent. Of course. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Selfish. You can find show notes on SelfishThePodcast.com. If you like what you hear, please tell a friend about Selfish and make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) 